Episode 8, Maths Ordinary Level, Paper 1. Drive time on RT Radio 1. Listen back on the RT Radio Player app. And you're so welcome into the study hub at drive time this evening. And we have a busy, busy show for you. Lots to talk to you about. But I wonder, what subject will we start with this evening? Math is a wonderful thing. Math is a really cool thing. So get off your ass, let's do some math. Math, 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 math. We are all deep down born to be mathematicians. Mathematics is a sense, just like sight and touch, it's a sense that allows us to perceive realities which would be otherwise intangible to us. You know, we talk about a sense of humor and a sense of rhythm. Mathematics is our sense for patterns, relationships, and logical connections. It's a whole new way to see the world. Jack Black and a TED Talk, they're both celebrating in their own way the joy of maths. And this evening we are discussing maths, ordinary paper one. And also this evening we celebrate the power of friendship during this difficult time. And we talk to Jen Tredcheck from the team at Jigsaw. Now they're specialists in teenage mental health supports. They're going to talk more about how we can all protect ourselves mentally and emotionally during this leaving cert roller coaster. So questions and comments on all of that are welcome now on 51551. But first maths paper one. And to get you into the mood for our maths chat from one of my favourite movies I have to say in recent years Hidden Figures this is a biographical story about three African American women mathematicians they fought against the odds to play a vital role in NASA during the early years of the space programme here we get a demonstration of one of those mathematicians Catherine Coleman as a young girl showing how she would get to the top of her field in years to come but here she's aged what about seven or eight Miss Coleman why don't you solve the equation on the board If the product of two terms is zero, then common sense says at least one of the two terms has to be zero to start with. So if you move all the terms over to one side, you can put the quadratics into a form that can be factored, allowing that side of the equation to equal zero. Once you've done that, it's pretty straightforward from there. In all my years of teaching, I have never seen a mind like the one your daughter has. Well, followed that, as they say. I think she's about seven or eight in that. Pretty impressive stuff. But to find out more about how we might all pull off that kind of trick, I'm joined on the line now by Jean Kelly from the Institute of Education on Leeson Street in Dublin. And Jean is going to help us get stuck into this important course. Jean, good evening to you. Good evening, Evelyn. How are you doing? Great. Well, look, we're going to start with a quick overview of the Ordinary Level Maths paper. 300 marks up for grabs here. And to support students, you know, this year to nail this paper, there have been some concessions made to the paper, and this has happened in many other subjects as well. well. A little more choice. So you might start by talking us through those changes that students should be aware of. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on paper one, it's 300 marks and it's the same for paper two and the timing is two and a half hours. Um, There's six short uh, 30 mark questions and they used to be 25 marks, but now they're 30 marks. And then there's four long questions and they used to be 50 marks. Uh, Well, actually, some of the long questions used to be 75. There were different. We didn't even know how many questions were going to be um, in the section B of the paper. So uh, this year we know for a fact 
fact that there's six 30 mark questions and there's four 50 mark questions. So they're seen as long questions, short questions. Um, and last year, I suppose there was no choice at all up until this year. So um, we're getting a small bit of choice where in, in the short questions out of the six, you only have to do five. So you can leave a question out. And in the long questions out of the four, you only have to do three. Now, you were making the point that with the longer questions, the structure even didn't matter how many past papers you'd done, but the structure was always a little bit random. We didn't know how long they were going to be or maybe, the, you know, the how sections they've had. This is it. They tried yeah. to take the predictability out of it. And um, they're more kind of wordy questions like word solving, problem, more practical based um, to real life examples. And uh, we didn't know how many long questions we were going to get. We didn't know like what the marks were going to be. But now we know there are four 50 mark questions and you do three three of them. Okay, well, that's kind of good to have that in the bag. Right. In terms of moving on then, two and a half hours, in terms of timings, what kind of clock should students have in their mind when they go into the exam hall? Um, well, this year, because you only have to do five out of the six short questions and um, I reckon because it's 30 marks, I reckon do um, do the I would say 15 minutes per question, but try and get it done in about 12 minutes so that you can actually have the extra three minutes just to read over it, look over it, maybe go to the log tables, get out your formulae and kind of sit there and think about it, underline the key terms in the question. So 15 minutes for each short question, each 30 mark question, uh, but try and do them in 12 or 13 minutes and then you'll have a bit of time per question to look over the paper. And for the long questions, then they're 50 mark questions and you have to do three of them. So I would say 25 minutes per question and try and get them done in 20 to 22 and a half minutes so that you can have that spare time to look back over things. The worst thing you can do in an exam is leave anything blank. You're not getting any marks if you leave it blank. Just keep writing. (laughs) Good advice there. Now, you already (laughs) mentioned the famous log table. You believe that the log table, like it's the touchstone, people maybe underestimate how important it is to have that with you in the exam and how much it can help you. Absolutely. Like students often forget that even though the formula are in the log tables, they almost forget to put the formula down on the question. And it's always a good idea to even even though you don't have to learn them and they're in the log tables, put the formula down because you get marks for it. Um, you get attempt marks, you get method marks. But like if the formula is there, you're showing them you're, you're using the right formula. So, yeah, you get marks for the formula. It's always a good idea to write them down in every part of every question. Okay, well, let's get stuck in here now to the topics and what kind of range of topics do students need to think about and maybe start, you know, ticking off the list to make sure that they're beginning to get covered on this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, there's seven topics on paper one. You have algebra. That takes up about 20% of the whole course, actually. It's a very, very, very important topic. You've got complex numbers, the ones with the little eyes in it. <laughs> you have numbers and the number systems. So you're talking about sets and you're talking about even like when they bring in scientific notation and all that kind of stuff. You've got number patterns and you've got financial maths. Now, financial maths can come up anywhere. It's literally all over paper one, but it's also, it can come up on paper two as well. Um, then you have calculus, which is also known as differentiation and functions and graphs. God, I needed just a little minute there to to recover from that. (laughs) It's some list, isn't it? It is actually, yeah. And out of the long questions, they kind of, they gear the long questions more towards the number patterns, the financial maths and a mixture of calculus and functions and graphs together in those long questions. Now, you've already mentioned this, and I do remember it from when I was in my own time, as they say, that the advice is to get those extra marks, is show the work, demonstrate the working out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, show everything. Keep writing. 
But what was interesting was we talked to Terry Flanagan about biology on Tuesday night and he was making the point saying the short questions that if you've the two answers, answer those correctly, don't add in a third and hope you get the best of three. And it's interesting how you've different approaches to different mm-hmm. subjects. In your case, you are just keep writing, keep demonstrating, put Absolutely. it all down. Absolutely. And even if you get the wrong answer in a certain part and you know how to do the next part of that question, you could nearly just shove in a value because you know <laughs> how to do it and just, you know, pick the formula out of the log tables and just sub in any kind of value. And even if it's the wrong value, it doesn't matter because you're showing your skills. You're actually showing them that you're using the right formula. You've got the right method and just keep writing. That's really encouraging because, I mean, one of the concerns that you have is that you'll understand part B, but you don't understand part A. But the number you got in part A, you think has to be the thread right through the rest of the question. You're saying you won't get penalised twice for getting that incorrect number. No. It's very encouraging then. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. It was kind of negatively marked before, but not anymore. I mean, like you can even come up with your own methods now, whereas years ago, you'd have to have a strict regime of you have to do it this way and you get marks for doing it that way. And if you don't do it that way, then you're in trouble. You won't get the mark. But now they're kind of, they want the students to show their flamboyancy. They want the students to show them how to do it themselves. Come up with your own method or use the methods that your teachers tell you. But on the day, it really doesn't matter. The answer at the end of the day is only worth maybe two or three marks. Whereas your method is important, your your formulae are important and even attempting a question gives you, like if you attempt a question and it looks halfway decent and halfway right, you could get 40% of that question right. So I mean like it's always a good idea to attempt everything. Now you have a bumper sticker phrase that I'm not going to steal on you because it's your phrase in <laughs> fairness but I liked this one. Do you remember this one? Yeah, I think Go I do. Go for it. It's not about what you cover, it's about what you uncover. There you go. Because a lot of people will say, it's, well, they'll always turn around to me and say, oh my God, I have so much to do. How, like, where do I even start? How do I do this? And I'm like, well, look, you've done the junior cert. Whether you did honours or pass, you did some kind of maths in your lifetime. So you have a little bit of a foundation. Work on that. It's not about how much you cover. It's about what you uncover, what you understand, how you get through it. Okay, great. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you was in terms of choosing the right questions for you, because now there is a little bit of choice in terms of committing to it. Like you get overwhelmed sometimes. You're mm-hmm. looking at all these questions and they're quite ready now, you know, compared to the old days. Um, so tell me about underlining the value of that to help you choose the right questions yeah. for you. Well, I think the best thing to do really when you're starting your study is to start with algebra because it's the basic foundation of all the other topics. I mean, if you can't do your algebra, you're really in trouble. So, you know, learn your equations, learn how to factorise a quadratic, learn how to do your um, simultaneous equations because they show up in so many other topics. And um, if you go through each question and let's say, all right, you can't do part A, let's have a look at part B, but read the question, underline the key words, make sure that you keep reverting back to the question, highlight things um, you know on the day you could be stressed you could like everybody's going to be anxious in the mm-hmm. middle of an exam especially if you're weak at it and uh, I would just say again attempt everything get your formula written down and even if it's the wrong formula at least you have something written down on the paper because you can only get zero marks if you don't attempt it and like each each question is is split up in such a way that more or less they carry on from A to B to C to D but don't be worrying about getting the wrong answer in A because you can still keep getting marks picking up in uh, p- pick up marks in in the rest of the questions and the rest of the paper but uh, if I was starting anywhere I would definitely start with with algebra 100% now um the info you also say is in the question they scaffold the question you know you're saying if you're looking for a slope like look for these words it's there in the logbook the formula's there do yourself a favour link all this 
And a lot of people think, oh, the slope of a line, that's paper two. I don't have to learn that until the <laughs> weekend in between paper one and paper two. But the problem here is with Project Maths, especially since they brought it in, you can get any topic in any question from any chapter and they can mix them and link them up well, beautifully, I think the way they do it. But at the same time, like you have to be prepared for both papers at the offset, at the get go on the Friday for paper one, because like area and volume, for example, is on paper two. And if you don't know your trapezoidal rule, for example, you won't be able to do it if it comes up on paper one mixed in with functions and graphs. Like a lot of people forget that, that all the topics are now intermingled. So um, you need to be ready at the at the at the offset, really. Now, let's talk about an ideal revision plan in your view. You've what, 17, 18 weeks potentially yeah. to when exams might happen. Uh, we leave that discussion <laughs> for another God. day. But yeah. let's plough on with this calendar for the moment. So tell us a little Absolutely. bit the, the advice there for your students if they're tackling well, this Well, you look at what I've been saying. I actually was talking to my students today and um, I, look, at I don't know how I... You can't control something if it's, if it's not... You, you, you can't worry about it if it's not in your control. So just keep the head down. Yeah. If you haven't started studying, now is the time. There's yeah. no time like the present. Um, there's, I counted 17 weeks, I think, until tomorrow, 17 weeks until paper one maths. So what I've been saying to my students today is if you start your study with algebra, work with me. Every single week, do one topic per week. And the way that I've been telling them to do it, I, and I'm hoping that they'll go with me because... Um, uh, it's the best thing to do, in my opinion. Just literally now, eat, breathe, sleep, exam papers. Do 30 minutes a day, seven days a week. There's no point in doing all your three and a half hours study at the weekend. Try and get the 30 minutes consistently every single day. And if it was me, all I would be doing is on a topic, let's say I was doing algebra this week, mm -hmm. I would literally just constantly do exam paper questions. So I would maybe do one long question in the 30 minutes or maybe two short questions, something like that. But I would just literally live, breathe, eat, sleep those exam papers right now. You need to familiarise yourself with the way the questions are phrased. Well, your enthusiasm, I have to say, is lifting me and my spirits this evening, which is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Listen, I went from 6% to a, to a, an A. So, I mean, anybody can do it. You really can. Well, now, I think you're underestimating your own achievement <laughs> there, but that's pretty impressive. Listen, why don't you go off and get yourself a cup of tea or whatever? I uh, will we'll do. be back Thank to you. you. Thank you, Jean Kelly, from the Institute of Education no in Dublin there. And if you want to hear more from Jean, don't worry, she's agreed to stay near her phone for the rest of the evening for us, so to answer your questions. Uh, so you can text us at 51501 if you any direct questions for Jean this evening and we'll talk to her again in a few minutes but in the meantime Love it or loathe it, it's still a great tune, but it can be hard, as we know, after a day spent in your room doing online classes to go back there and spend a few hours studying on your own. But students at one school in Dublin have come up with a novel way of studying together while staying apart. Ali Newland is the genius behind this idea. She's in sixth year in Holy Child Kalani in Dublin, and she's helped to set up what could be described as a silent online study class in the evenings. And Ali is on the line now. Ali, it's lovely to have you on the programme this evening. You might tell us a little more about your idea and how it all came about. Yeah. Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Ali. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're delighted so, to have you on. Thank you. Once we find out that we'd be returning to online school after Christmas, 
I was quite apprehensive as after the last lockdown I knew it's really difficult to do a full day of school and then sit down at your desk and get the study done that we would be if we were in school. Mm -hmm. And you were just saying yourself, consistency is key. So it started with a friend of mine and I doing some homework questions together that we were stuck on. And then we decided to keep the call on and went about our other work. And at the end of that day, we said to each other, wow, that really did help our productivity. You know, we got a lot more done and it was just really nice to know that there was someone else there on the other side of the screen doing the same thing. So the bit that we love here at the Study Hub is that, well, number one, you're competitors. It's like you've created your own Study Hub. But, you know, we'll put that aside for the moment. We'll put that tension aside. But it's almost like the silent disco concept. You're on screen with each other, but it's mute. So it's just kind of the wallpaper of a face of a friend of yours there in the background while you're working away. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, that's exactly it. So we're all on mute apart from possibly the last five minutes of a call. We'll have a bit of a chat. (laughs) But otherwise, we're all on mute and we can just see each other working away, which is really the support. So it started off with one pal and then the word quickly spread. And now there's a gang of you doing this uh, some nights a week. Yeah, there are. So we have an open link for everyone in our year. and There's up to 30 girls doing it. And you're all there working away on your own material, not necessarily on the same subjects, but you can see each other just quietly in the background getting on with things. And it's a comfort. Yeah, it really is. It's that support and knowing that we're all working for the same thing. It's quite easy to think, oh, we're just on our own at home working. But it's great to know that other people are doing the same thing. Now, I know you first came up with it with a pal of yours, but your school and your year head, Noreen Murray in particular, has embraced this enthusiastically. And Noreen's very supportive. And because like any teacher, she's trying to support you guys as you, you know, navigate this kind of crazy time. So it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. The school have been great with the online schooling and we've received as much support as we could. So it's nice to have something that the students are running ourselves. There's no teacher pushing us to do anything but they are there to support us. And when we told them about it, they're all delighted. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was you are used to studying together. I mean, this isn't new for you because this is something you've been doing through the school back over the years. Yeah, so in our school, there's an option to do evening study in third, fifth and sixth year. And myself, like many others, have been doing it since third year. So So in fifth and sixth year, I've been doing it until nine o'clock each evening. So it's really the same routine that I have now. It's just online. So you're used to kind of being around each other. You know, you've got used to, you know, each other's school bags. I remember I went to school and our uniform was kilts and I still knew everybody's individual pattern. Like it's it's mad how intimately you know each other in secondary school. You know all this. So to have you on screen, it's familiar for you to see these faces around you. Exactly. And as you were saying yourself to me the other day, at this stage, I nearly know everybody's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the posters on the wall and all that kind of thing. Can I ask you um, in general, what is the general mood amongst your pals as you're facing into this part of studying and preparing? Um, There's definitely a lot of apprehension. We're waiting on some more clarity, but just taking each day as it comes. And as I said, the school have been great, just taking it each day and They've definitely recognised that we need to slow down now that we're online. You just can't get the same amount of work done. Mm-hmm. So we're all working together to get as close to these homes as we can. 
And the way you're handling it is you're doing very much similar to your normal school timetable during the day as such. Obviously, it's online. And then yeah. you are then working at night. And that's why the company kicks in, because for a lot of people, they're suddenly in the same room, sleeping in it, studying in it for hours. It's it's very difficult. Yeah, it becomes quite repetitive sitting in the same room at the same desk. So it's a great way of mixing it up and seeing other people. Well, I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea. I hope you give them permission to switch off for half an hour on a Tuesday and a Thursday so they can listen to us <laughs> here on the study hub. But from one study hub to another study hub there, uh, we just want to say uh, best of luck to you, Ali, and um, all your Thank pals you there much. as you deal with this and get through your studies. Uh, so that's Ali Noonan there, sixth year in Holy Child Kalani in Dublin. And I presume, Ali, you think this is a great idea that other students should consider right across the country. It's free and simple and such a nice idea. Now, so that's uh, Ali Manoon in there with her great idea. And I thought just heard about that and thought this is a really smart idea for students across the country. And another person hopefully is going to have some smart ideas for us now is Jigsaw's mental health clinical manager and occupational therapist, Jen Tredjek. Jen has uh, agreed to come on the line to us this evening just to help us a little bit with some of the issues that I touched on there with Ali in terms of what students are dealing with at their desk at the moment. Jen, good evening to you. Hi, Evelyn. Good evening. Now, Jen, I mean, the word uncertainty, I feel like I say it about 50 times a day. Uncertainty is not good for mental health. Tell us a little bit about how you are steering teenagers as they're trying to navigate all this uncertainty and control what they can control and what they can't control. Yeah, it's really challenging and uncertainty does lead to anxiety and worry. Um, So first of all, just to say, for young people, it's okay to feel angry or upset or disappointed. Um, and, you know, acknowledge those feelings is really important. Um, but it takes a lot of energy, I suppose, focusing on what we don't know and whether things will happen and, you know, if the exams go ahead or they don't go ahead or if I get these points or that point. That can take up a lot of time and energy. So bringing it back, as you said, to the things that we can control and that we can focus on, um, and that was a great idea there, you know, linking in with people who are positive, who are feeling good. You know, we can control our newsfeed, who we listen to, the kind of hype that we that we surround yeah, ourselves absolutely. with. Um, we can control how much we engage with school and with schoolwork, with teachers, you know, both in terms of, of the actual subjects, but also how we're feeling about the subjects and, and you know, what's going on for us in terms of motivation. Um, and, you know, we can, we can control how much time we spend or, or focus or pay attention to our mental health as well. And that's something that, you know, is really important to remember. We can take back that control. We can focus on those areas. Um, although it's really hard, you know, of course, we're going to think ahead, but trying to bring it back down into the moment. And what can I do something about right now? And to actively realise you're doing that. I mean, we got an email in, Jen, um, from a student and I think it was interesting because I think it, it reflects so much of what we're hearing in. And, and the student just says, I want to start by saying initially and even up to the start of this week, I definitely belong to people who wanted a traditional exam. Now, however, I'm not so sure what the best course of action is. And to stay, that trying to stay motivated to study for an exam, which looks less and less likely to go ahead as the days go by, is demoralising, is beyond an understatement. While I generally would regard myself as an extremely positive person, I have to say these last few weeks have been very tough. I know usually the advice is to focus on the things you can control, but even this is presenting a challenge as motivation levels are at an all-time low. What do you say about motivation to students and what's your advice for a student like that? I mean, that's similar to a lot of what we're hearing through jigsaw.ie as well on our, on our live chats with young people. Um, it is getting harder and harder just to get out of bed in the morning um, mm. and you know people are really struggling with that. Um, in terms of motivation, I suppose 
not waiting until you feel motivated. Um, that kind of myth that I'll feel like studying. Actually, a lot of the times people will never feel like studying. So if you're kind of waiting for that feeling where I'm feeling ready and motivated, it's not going to happen. Ah, Jen, you're um, breaking my heart here. It never <laughs> kicks in, no? Unfortunately. <laughs> well, it does kick in, but usually we have to start first. Yes. So bringing it back down, break it down to... Um, you know, even if you think about a pile of work or an essay or, or something that you're heading into and it feels like it's too much to bother getting started with, mm. don't aim for that. Just aim to start for five or ten minutes. You know, I'm just going to open my book and read for five or ten minutes and set your target at that. Um, and, and that step is easier than thinking I've got this whole essay to write. So break it right down into kind of small achievable steps. And what you'll often find is once you start, then you kind of get sucked into it and you start feeling a little bit better. The guilty feeling starts to lift a little bit. And it's a little bit like a snowball. It starts to increase gradually. So bring it back down. Just start with it, something really small. Set yourself that little target and then it'll gradually build. But don't wait for, for yourself to feel like it. Okay. And the other thing with motivation is just to acknowledge what you have achieved, not what you haven't done. You know, we can really beat ourselves up about all of the long list of things that we haven't got around to, um, but actually then not recognise what we have done. And sometimes, you know, some mornings just getting out of bed is an achievement in itself. So just kind of be your, be your own cheerleader, be a bit kinder to yourself when you're thinking about what you're doing and, and you know, what you're going through at the moment. Now, Jen, you know, we're all, everybody, doesn't matter what age you are and what situation you're in, you know, is feeling a little bit of uncertainty and anxiety and all that. What is the advice, though, in terms of people who are maybe even struggling that little bit more? Are there certain triggers, red flags we need to watch out for where maybe they need that extra bit of support? Yeah, I mean, I, you you know yourself best or for parents, you know your, your young person, your, your son or daughter best. Um, so trust your instinct if you feel that something isn't right for you. Um, and you might notice, you know, we we are all struggling in different ways and so we'd expect a little bit of loss of motivation, you know, mm-hmm. a few changes would be normal. Mm-hmm. But when they're really starting to affect our day-to-day activities, you know, we need to pay attention. So we might see kind of a loss of interest, um, low mood, withdrawal, mm-hmm. you know, changes in appetite or changes in sleep that are going on for more than a few weeks, really. Okay. Um, or that are affecting your your ability to do the things that you need to do, then it might be time to, to think about reaching out. And, and there's loads of services available. And one of the things I'd say, you know, with the pandemic, we've heard from people kind of waiting until things get better and th- until things reopen before they'll reach out for help. Um, and we don't know when that's going to happen. So if you're not feeling great right now, um, reach out right now. Um, and jigsaw.ie, we've got loads of information for young people and for parents and we're offering um, one-to-one support online via text and group support uh, via text and we've got a phone line um, for parents or for young people to just ring up and talk through if they're you know if you're not sure I'm not sure whether this is normal uh, should I be worried Um, 1-800 Jigsaw so it's 1-800-544-729 and you can speak to a Jigsaw clinician about what's going on and maybe just check it out. Okay, listen, that is just super uh, support there and information for students and the resources available to them. Thank you so much. That's Jen Tredcheck there from Jigsaw, who are always happy to uh, help and support students and uh, parents right through all this. But now uh, moving on or moving back, I should say, in a bit of light, Matt's paper one to finish us off this evening. And your questions have been coming in for our teacher, Jean Kelly. Jean is back on the line, I hope. Jean, some, I quick, am indeed. Quest- <coughs> some quick questions I want to run by you as fast as you can. Sure. Um, what questions get asked most frequently, do you think? 
financial maths riddled all over paper one, <laughs> uh, literally riddled all over paper one. And um, if you if you're not sure of your algebra, it's a foundation of all other chapters. You need to get really up there with your algebra and also functions and graphs. Um, there's like you can link in functions and graphs with almost any chapter there. Now, um, what topics, and you'll hate this question, in each chapter can you leave out? <laughs> we always get that one, by the way. You're going to say you none. Yeah. Unfortunately, you cannot leave out anything. The way that they've planned this paper, everything gets asked um, on every every topic. So really and truly, you cannot leave anything out. Can I say, make an observation, you're passionate about Project Maths. You like this course. Absolutely. I love it. I, I, I love the fact that students have to try and understand what they're doing. Because years ago, you just plough into into a question. You might get a question on algebra and um, basically you're sitting there going, you know exactly what they're going to ask. And there's no understanding of the theory behind it. But now you have to try and understand it. And I think it's kind of making maths a little bit more practical based, more real life. It's Yeah, I love it. It's great. It's great. It's a bit long. <laughs> it's quite wordy and long, but yeah, it's a good it's a it's a good curriculum. Okay, and then just the timings again, people asking for a quick refresher on your timings there, just the on the timing that people should yeah, have. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, fifteen minutes for each short question. There's six of them, they're thirty mark questions, you do five. And twenty five minutes for each long question, they're fifty marks, there's four of them, you do three. Okay, and then uh, just in terms of the uh, how many marks you need to pass uh, the exam, you don't really pass anymore, do you? Well, yeah, to get 40%, you need 240 out of 600. So technically, if you did both papers, 120 out of each paper should get you a pass. So your and your final kind of piece of advice to people is that logbook, keep looking at it, keep using the formulae, fill the paper, keep writing. And and get get good use out of your calculator too. (laughs) Oh, tell (laughs) me about that quickly. Learn how to use your calculator. Well, you see, with the calculator, it's able to, if you, if you, if you want to get tables of points for graphs and nearly every question on the paper has a graph on it, you can actually shorten your time. Like you could get points from a from a cal- Casio calculator um, in what, 10 seconds and you could do out tables. It could take you five, 10 minutes and you could make a silly mistake. So bring uh, the calculator you, in with you. Good use of the calculator. Learn how to use it properly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jean Kelly. Thanks to all our contributors this evening. And don't forget that a podcast of the show will be up shortly. Also, John Brennan, who was with us here last week about the Honours Maths paper, wants to remind you that his free maths notes are still available on tuition.ie and our music teacher Susan McCormick has posted a helpful video for music students too. Check that out. But for now, that's our lot here on The Study Hub. We'll be back on Tuesday at 6.30pm. We'll be covering business and chemistry. You're welcome to get your questions into us over the weekend here. Email us at studyhub at rt.ie. You were listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time at RT Radio 1. Tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30pm.